to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. <laughs> think that Mike Tomlin is going to let the same thing happen twice in one season, I wouldn't be surprised Sorry. if they came out and beat the Chiefs. Grant, you are on literal crack. Russ put Rudy Gobert, which by the way is one of the more overrated players in the league, I will say number one, literally in a body bag. That's why they got Russ. Joe, they got him because they wanted to recreate the 2015 All-Star team. This team is destined for failure. Listen, they're old, but like... You know, I always say it's like a fist fight in a phone booth. Listen, I say it every time we talk about the Giants. If Nate Solder is not walking the streets, working a minimum wage job at McDonald's, literally getting big gulped on an hourly basis, there's something wrong with humanity. Are you are you surprised? Dave Gettleman's batting 100 in free agency. I fear no man. I've said this before, if you breathe oxygen, it's fair game, I will come and take you away, I don't fear nothing. Let me stop you. First off, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? I get my regular scheduled four. So you're just wasting my time with these mindless takes? And if you disagree with that or anything we say on this show, Grant, what are we telling? There's always an open seat at the table. Ladies and gentlemen, phone booth on Com Radio. That intro goes hard, hard, I tell you, hard. Welcome back to the studio on your regularly scheduled program, Phone Booth, Com Radio Zone Sports Debate Talk Show. I'm here with Grant Sheets, the co-host. We'll, we'll have a guest later. He's, uh, he's running a little bit late. He really wanted to be on the show last week. Thought he had a class that started at 2.50 um, a week into school and then noticed that, yeah, I don't. So really good on, uh, really good on Josh Bardizic when he comes in here. Uh, Grant, I mean, first off, I know your opinion of it because we made it together, but uh, t tell the people how much or how, how, I mean, your feelings about about the hard intro that everyone just heard. Oh, the intro? Oh, man. We were in the studio the other day cooking it up, and, man, Joe was, Joe was dancing in there. He was pumping his fists. He was getting, he was getting chills, and I will admit that's definitely – it's got to be in the competition for one of the best intros in com radio right now. I think so. I to be honest with you, it. I don't know what beats it. I mean, maybe if uh if if Sinbin wanted to put, you know, some about Cherish being cherished, maybe. <laughs> but uh I, I don't I don't or or like 
you know, some about Ovechkin being old because uh, good friends Tim Rogers and, and Jacob Cheris who are on the Sinbin. I forget when the schedule is set out for that. I will get back to you on that. But uh, uh, earlier in the season, they were saying Ovechkin was uh, – Tim said Ovechkin was just old and washed, and then Ovechkin went off. Um, so they be they will be uh, talking about hockey literally every hour of the day, but, you know – that's why you bring it on the airways. Their show ain't being ours, though. Anyway, let's <laughs> mo- let's move into uh, the weekend. A little bit of recap. Uh, playoff football started, and uh, let's safe to say that uh, uh, apart from one or two games, or realistically only really one game, everything else was just insanely embarrassing. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go game to game and just get you know our takes on it uh first off i want to hear uh Bengals and raiders what was the what was the factor that played into the Bengals winning well going into that game the biggest question mark was whether or not the Bengals could keep joe burrow on his feet against that raiders pass rush with max crosby unique Ngakwe, all those guys it's been a pretty good defensive front seven for the raiders despite everything that went on that season and the Bengals came away that first half Burrow wasn't sacked once. He wasn't touched. That jersey was clean, still nice and white. And they had 20 points in the first half. It looked like they were going to be running away with that game, but those long drives stalled out. And you saw a rookie kicker, Evan McPherson, he had four field goals in that game. So it just shows that offense, they only punted twice. They've got no problem moving the ball down the field. But if they want to make it to the big dance, even with this young team, those field goals are going to have to turn into touchdowns. But regardless... Bengals still played a clean game, turnover-free football, and that's the biggest thing for them right now, especially going up against these big offenses. But yeah, I liked what I saw. That defense, they stayed strong, and they made a goal line stop at the very end. This team's going to be hard to beat going the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I like the commemoration of the of the Bengals. I'm just, I just want to the, – the one thing that I want to take away from this game is round of applause, Derek Carr. The man literally got the kitchen sink thrown at him. Um, everything and the kitchen sink this is the first time where an NFL franchise loses the coach in the middle of the season. Not to mention that's just talking about the coach and making it to the playoffs. Let alone having his secondary target. I wouldn't say he's number one because Darren Waller was always going to be the number one option. But Henry Ruggs decides that he wants to be speed racer NASCAR and drive into a woman and her dog. That's great. Then you have a safety who decides that, yeah, I'm in the NFL. Let me just pull out my Glock. Why? They also had another guy, DUI, Nate Hobbs. Yeah, that's also. It was like real-life GTA. Yeah, it was straight up. It's straight out of a movie. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think that I could, uh, I know that I'm a a bit of a creative guy. Also, you just saw proof of that in a, you know, either what I say or you can you can look right past the intro. But, you know, it's just he – I can't write this. I don't think anyone can. I don't no. think Steven Spielberg could have wrote this either. <laughs> and if they won the Super Bowl, obviously that's how you would end it if it was a storybook ending. But it just – the fact that they were even in the conversation for playoffs just gives me – more or less of an excuse for every other playoff team to not have an excuse to, you know, miss the playoffs. Chargers especially. You can thank, yeah. you can thank Anthony Lynn 2.0 
over there, Chargers head coach. Uh, he's going to be fired in a few years. He's terrible. That, that team was also the worst, the most disappointing team in the start that they had. Well, it goes with the coaching. The Chargers are easily one of the more talented teams. They're pretty end-loaded. They've got some gaps. But you look at that offense with Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Rashawn Slater. Are you kidding me? That, that team should have easily made it to the playoffs and right. been competing at least for an AFC title game at their ceiling, I'd say. But coaching has just been their one issue over the past however many years, why they can't get to that next dance. And we saw it with Anthony Lynn and now the new guy in town. It's it's a disaster. I just – I mean, I like – here's the problem. I like Staley. I don't think that he's a like bad Staley. coach. I think he's a terrible coach. I think See, he's a decent offensive mind. But when it comes to executing and situational play calling, that fourth and one on their own side of the field, it pretty much just capped off how he'd been managing the Chargers the whole year. Just terrible. Once again, awful time management. We saw it with Anthony Lynn. Staley, yeah, like I said, he's a good offensive mind, but not somebody that I think can go ahead and take control of a team. You see it at the very end, calling that timeout when the Raiders were discussing taking a knee just to be safe to send both those teams to the playoffs. You basically you took your team and sent them home early. I just, I I I I'm more I have more faith in Staley than you do, but I think where I sit is, like I I'm looking at the team how they started out. We were talking about Herbert being an MVP candidate in the beginning of the season. We saw this team rail through their their division, and now you get. I mean, obviously you have two divisional uh, teams fighting for the playoff spot in the last mm. weeks, and you could have just said, hey, take a knee, we'll, we'll get it out. And that's what they were going to do. Mm. And th- th- there's a, there's people that have come up to, to everyone in the, in the media saying that they were going to kneel it out and say, no, it just changed their game plan for the next play when the timeout happened. No. He, there was literally a video of Austin Eckler getting told, I forget who told him, but getting told that, yeah, your timeout was the reason why you're not in the playoffs right now. Because your coach decided to take a timeout. They were literally going. There was 32 seconds left. And they were going to run the ball, sit down, take it, and then, hey, if we meet again in the playoffs, that's when we face off. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be nice to you. Realistically, I would have fought for, for team's sake because I wouldn't really want to face the Chiefs anyway. But at least you could put up yourself a fight you get a chance. against the well, Chiefs. Well, the Chargers, they've been been—they've been fighting against the Chiefs for years. They've been putting up a good fight yeah. nearly every time they go out. And I meant to say, Anthony Lynn, he was the offensive money guy. Brandon Staley, on the other hand, he came over from the Rams. He was the defensive coordinator of that team. So, actually, as a defensive-minded coach, and you're going in and you're letting the Raiders do whatever they want all over you, and throughout the rest of the season, with some of the guys that they have on that defensive unit – and your trademark as being a defensive coach, that's horrendous. What yeah. is it? What is this value to this team? Yeah, Chargers also have the identity of having a, you know, solid but not superstar QB. I mean, P- Rivers is a very good was a very good QB. I wouldn't put him in the superstar elite category. No, he wasn't. But, but he had some. He had some good their, teams. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's on their Rivers, identity though. is running the ball and defense. It's well, been, it should be defense. Yeah, and, and with it, Brandon Staley as a guy who came over from Los Angeles as a defensive coordinator, and they had some good defenses, don't get me wrong, but those rosters were also star-studded. Yeah. You've had Aaron Donald as the centerpiece for that defense for a long time now, mm-hmm. but you come over and as soon as you start to pile on those responsibilities of game management, clock management, and running the whole team, 
then that's when things starts to pile up, and you're starting to see now that Staley, I don't believe, is the guy. Yeah, I just – such a disappointing end to the season. Obviously, when you don't make the playoffs, it's disappointing. Obviously, when you lose in the last game, it's disappointing. But you come down to a timeout to put your team in the playoffs, and you decide to take a the most random timeout I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, moving on to – we're going to quick fire these – uh, the embarrassment of the top 10 team Patriots. We said, I mean, you said it to me. I kind of was taken aback, thought about it, and then agreed that the Patriots were a top 10 team in the league, and I had to go far. Said it at 2-4. and, and four. Yeah. I, I literally said it when they were 3-4 and four because I waited a game to see, like, maybe maybe it was just overreacting. Maybe, maybe you were just, you know, going off tangents. And then I saw it. In in that in that week seven game, they're two and four. They come back up and they win. And I'm like, this team's legit. They just got off to a bad start because of Mac Jones, because Mac Jones needed to progress. He obviously needed to learn the scheme. Um, and we said when he was drafted, he was a basically a glorified game manager manager from Bama, and now he's you know leading the Patriots back to the Super Bowl after they spent two hundred eighty three million dollars in the off season. But they just got blown out the ball in every category and when you get out coach when you out coach Bill Belichick at all let alone let alone in the preseason let alone in the regular season but the postseason you out coach Bill Belichick that and never get there, there was no kick other than extra points and kickoffs there was touchdown 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 and the only way that they lost yardage it seemed was the kneel down nuts uh, well where I go with this, See, the Patriots, you know, obviously with that rough start, 2-4, and four, you could still see that there was a, a glimmer of hope there. That defense had the pieces that they need. You got a rookie quarterback. You can't expect to come out out of the gates and be red hot. But as soon as they realized, you know, that they, they had the keys to win, and you go and you see that Dallas overtime loss, and they're like, okay, we're right there. We just got to put it together. There was something that they were fighting for. They were working for something. And then you go out, you see them starting to beat like teams like the Chargers. They go out and beat Tennessee. They beat Buffalo once. And they were fighting for something. But then over the last four weeks, they weren't playing with that same spark. That defense was getting pushed around. Offenses were doing whatever they wanted to. And really, just that week against Jonathan Taylor and then the week after that against Buffalo, it just the team looked like they lost their will, their willpower to go out. And like I said on defense, it was a completely different team from the first 10 games of the season and then the last, you know, six, seven games of the season. We saw it with Buffalo. I'm still not big on Buffalo. I think that people are starting to blow these two games out of the water against the Patriots where Josh Allen has just been almost near perfect. But we still got to remember that Allen hasn't played at that same level that we saw him last year. He's been turning over the ball a lot more than we've seen He's been throwing picks left and right. Still has those moments where he shows that, you know, maybe that team isn't quite ready. A couple mistake-filled games where they really should have been blowing out opponents. Because don't get me wrong, that team is phenomenal, top to bottom. They've got two all-pro safeties. And that offense, like we said, we got Stephon Diggs. We got Dawson Knox. Devin Singletary is finally coming alive. But we still have those moments from Josh Allen where he's shown that a turnover or two can really be a detriment against a team, well, like the Chiefs coming up, and that's why I don't think they stand a chance against the Chiefs yet. We're going to get that to later. Um, th- th- that's a that's a talking point. 
Um, I'm gonna skip over the the game sevens though, because I wanna I want that to be one of the topics we talk about. I'm gonna move over to the Nickelodeon section of the show. <laughs> Welcome back, SpongeBob, our special oh, guest. Patrick yep. Starr is 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 still you know putting his arm around Ezekiel Elliott and, and, and the MVP and Jones, Dak the Prescott. MVP. Yeah. Um, or I would say Zeke. Well, the his, MV- he was the he was the factor of that game. Well, the MVP was given to Dak Prescott. Was it the the Nickelodeon valuable player was given even to though Dak he Prescott. lost? Yeah, no, Are it just shows serious? it just shows the Dallas. I didn't you know, actually know that. I well, thought no, that they were going to do it. A, look, Nick is doing wow. a great job of teaching the kids that the most important factor is having fun. Wow. Dallas went out there; they had a great time, and you know what? Now they get to go back, hang out, watch the rest of the games from the comfort of their homes. Doesn't that sound like fun? Does that sound like fun to you, Joe? I mean, I, I, it warmed my heart so much to know that this was the game that was on Nickelodeon because I said it on Hail Mary, uh, our, our NFL game daily, uh, weekly preview on Saturdays, usually on Sundays at nine. But since the playoffs start on Saturdays, we were on Saturday at nine, and I said it warms my heart before the game even started. The day before the game happened, I go. It warms my heart so much that this game is on Nickelodeon because when that happens, when they lose, not if, when they lose, the conversation between father, son, daughter, son, daughter, dad, mother, ma, like whatever, is, man, they were really good in the regular season, mom. What, what happened? You get used to it, son. Was going to happen across the nation? It warmed my heart so much. I, I, it was just it's storybook ending. And that's storybook why storybook ending. That's why they put the game on Nick because you know Nick had an idea that maybe some young Cowboys fans out there would be a little upset when they lose. So then you go and you watch SpongeBob after. It's a great setup. I really loved what they did, and I'm sure, like we said, Cowboys had a ton of fun. I'm sure they had a blast going and beating up on the football team, the Eagles, the Falcons. I'm the sure Giants. they had a great time. With but Mike then, Lennon? Uh, when the lights got bright, once again, folded. Absolutely folded. The definition of the Cowboys. That, since the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it goes back, like I said, and I said it last night on Sports Night, Jerry Jones is unable to hire a winner to lead this team. You really thought Mike McCarthy was the answer? Look what he did with Aaron Rodgers for a decade. The, the fact that he got one Super Bowl out of those teams with Hall of Famers left and right, Charles Woodson, James Jones, you name it. The fact that he won one ring with Aaron Rodgers is is unfathomable. And then you bring him in, and he goes in, and he says that he's a winner after. He dares to say that he is a winner, a winner after they go and lose. He won 12 games against the poverty franchise. Oh, sure, yeah, you won 12 games. And, and we're fans of these poverty franchises. You didn't have a terrible schedule either. I mean, you came in... You you what six wins the year before? So of course you're gonna be playing some bottom tier opponents with the strength of scheduling. Twelve wins, sure, that's fine. But you play the Chiefs, loss. Cardinals, loss. Thanksgiving night, loss. You had to have seen this coming. And I I will admit, I fell into the trap too. I thought that Dallas's talent was too good to go and lose this game against the Niners. But nope. Just like we've been seeing for the past three decades, they can't handle the pressure and they folded. Yeah, I just think that that. It was a storybook ending for the Cowboys. The last one that I want to talk about before we go into, like, you know, the actual breakdown of what we want to talk about today was the Rams versus the Cardinals. What was the, what was the you know, key factor for the Rams winning? 
I said it when they were 7-0. I said it when they got their first loss of the season to the Packers. This team isn't ready to win. The Cardinals are not ready to win. This would have been Cliff Kingsbury. Well, it was. It was Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray's first postseason appearance, and I just wasn't I wasn't ready to call the Cardinals a contender. Even when they were going and and beating teams, I wouldn't say convincingly, they'd have you know up and down performances. They'd go, they'd blow somebody out, they'd come back, and then you lose to a team like the Lions. You can't have that if you're going to compete. I don't think that Kyler Murray is at the point yet in his career where he's a true leader, a true winner of this team. Because if he was, you would. I don't seen- think he needed to be because he had D Hop and he had JJ Watt on the other side of the ball. I don't think I'm, he needed to be. I'm not concerned, but you're the quarterback. Does that not send a message? Did you see True. him after he threw the interceptions? He's sitting on the bench. Yeah. What, was, what are you I doing? I was watching the Manning, it, the Manning Will, cast, yeah, exactly. and they were like, yo, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm, I'm, I'm going. going it and was, I'm, it was Russell I'm Wilson. telling guys it's possible. Yeah, I'm telling, I'm telling guys, guys it's possible. And what and was he sitting, doing? He's, he's sitting, sitting on the bench looking at the ground. watching his feet. He's I, not I, even watching the film. He's watching his feet. I, I got a text from my dad mid-game. He said, this guy probably should have stuck to baseball. And I just couldn't help but crack up. This guy should have probably brought some stilts out. I, I just feel like the dugout is maybe more of a better spot for him where he can just sit there, chew on uh, chew on seeds, and watch the game unfold because it really seems like he's not a type of guy that can go and lead a team to a Super Bowl, especially against how, how packed and how competitive the NFC is right now with guys like Brady. Uh, you got Brady, all those guys. Brady Rodgers. Yeah, I was going to say all these experienced quarterbacks. Matt Stafford, he's obviously on a mission. He had never won a playoff mm-hmm. game in 13 years. Murray isn't ready to compete, and Cliff Kingsbury, we're not sure if he's a winner yet either. This team was not ready, and it showed. They got blown out of the water. I don't want to say that the Cardinals and Kyler Murray is not yet ready to lead a team, but I think the, I think the storybook ending was you didn't have D-Hop. D-Hop was the offense. I'm not concerned. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if that would have made a huge difference at that point. I don't point. think that it would have made me wrong. a difference it's DeAndre in the Hopkins. Outcome. But you have Jalen Ramsey shadowing him. I, I I got that, but I think that it would have it wouldn't have made a difference to the outcome because I would have still picked the Rams. I said the Rams were were the, you know, most skilled roster in the league before the, before the oh, season so. started, and then they, they added Von better. Miller and Odell, and it looks like both of them are, are you know after their slide, it's it's starting to come into fruition. They're coming they're, to their own. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think they would have like change the outcome but I don't know if I necessarily would say that Kyler Murray can't be a leader but that it's not it's not pointing me in any, in any direction he to say scared. whether or not he is or he not. played scared football yeah. and it, it was you you saw it on the sideline when he was when he was looking down at the field and not engaging with his teammates at all like we saw I mean I look at him and I think of the Russ yeah. of the NFL right now yeah well we're, we're talking about college right now but when you when you, the Cam Newton video when they're in the when they're in the locker room and he's screaming we got to win this as a team after they're down big and then they come back at Florida and win like that that's what you have to do you have to be on the sidelines after a blowout like I guarantee you Peyton Manning was on the sidelines in the Super Bowl until where it got to like twenty eight nothing he was yeah. cursing out people he was telling people this is still possible I've seen it happen before and that's why blah he was blah a blah blah and then when it gets to the point where it's like out of reach that he's that he's met. Kyler Murray just sat on the back and just like wallowed like Tom Brady after he loses to go yeah. into the locker room without shaking anyone's hand in the middle of the game. Well, that's because he hates losing more than he enjoys winning. And the same thing goes with Dak Prescott. Why yeah. wasn't he firing up his offensive lineman who had uh, – I, I can't even count on my fingers how many holding calls they had. Yeah. Uh, uh, false start holding. Why wasn't he lighting a fire 
under these guys. Same thing with Kyler Murray. I don't think either of them are winners. Neither of them are true leaders on the field. Yeah. All right. So, we are back. We have our guest today. Um, he was walking in the middle. I just didn't want to, to walk in before we actually started talking. Uh, Josh Barzik, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Ready to get started. How was the class? Oh, it was it was great. It was really stuff that kindergartners need, so I really like turning it on. Oh, w- wonderful. It was grammar? No, basically, yes. Okay. It was how space works. Well, here. Oh, it was astronomy. Here on phone. So you booth. learned that the sun is real? Apparently it is. Wow. Did you know that the sun was real? Yeah, I mean, I know kindergartners know that too. And here on phone booth, we're also teaching uh, kindergartners that the Cowboys haven't been competitors since the '90s, and they yeah. can understand that as well. Yeah, we're, they've known that for a while. I think yeah. we're broadcasting on on Nickelodeon right now to announce the MVP. Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, no, I just. Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I. Neither was I. You can't be. Dude, I, I, picked, I picked the Niners to win. They haven't even been playing great football this yeah. year. But the Cowboys do the same thing every year. They get their fans mm-hmm. picked up, and then they choke in the first round. Yeah. Do, do I was on – I was on. were you on Hail Mary with us no, last no, week? No. I was on Hail Mary with Grant and a few others, and I was like I, – I, it warms my heart. Like before – the day – two days before, it warms my heart that the conversation between father and son – or like daughter and mom, daughter and son, son and mother, across the nation of Cowboys fans, it's like, hey mom, they were so good in the regular season, what happens? You get used to it, honey. It's happening across the nation. It's one of those things it, where you just keep saying there's always next year and there never is next year. Yeah. Um, the, the, the one topic that I want to talk about, though, as we're, as we're you know, educational, one more question, though. Did they teach you whether or not the, the moon was made out of cheese? So it turns out it actually is made out of cheese. It's a mix of blue cheese and gouda, and that's why uh, there's like, all the holes in the cheese and trying to chew it. I heard, I heard Green Bay was trying to take it over. They have been, but now they have to deal with the whole Aaron Rodgers. Uh, gotcha. That's why he wants to leave, because he's trying to take the moon for himself. Anyway, um, we're, we're, the, the one topic that I wanted to get to today before we get to his debauchery that I already told Josh about is Seed 7. Guys, congratulations. Clap it up for the Steelers and Eagles, man. Steelers, participation trophies all around. So we get into a situation where the NFL decided that there weren't enough playoff teams. Sort of like college football, where college football does not have enough players in their playoffs because it's only four. Instead, no, because you have almost half the league. Now you want to you wanna add one more. The Eagles and the Steelers. 31-16, 42-21, and the 21 I don't really put in the merit because it was it was late time. What – so in, do you, I don't know whose idea it was to push to push the um, to push the docket that you know a seat seven was going to be wonderful. Um, but what were your guys' opinions on it when it was announced, and then now when it's you know, put into practice, what do you what do you take away from this season and how it's worked out? I think it's tough. Like, I, I, originally, I wasn't against it. I thought it would have been fine. It kind of reminded me of the play-in tournament for the NBA. But then you had the two teams. I was first, I was honestly fine with the Eagles making it because they're in, like, their little mini-rebuild. I think that they still have a chance. I think that that was fine, personally. I didn't really have anything against it. I'm a Steelers fan. I did not like the fact that the Steelers made the playoffs. I just I don't know if anyone, especially the fact that we got 
we got robbed of getting to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs again. Mm. I just I like that team. It wasn't a fun game to watch. It never it never is. Every Steelers game this year has been so boring to watch because you have a quarterback that ha- that's had a busted elbow for three years, and you have an offensive line that doesn't know what they're doing. You have an offense that scores maybe 13 points a game. The only team that scored less points per game than the Steelers is the Giants. And no offense to you, Joe. Hey, the Giants I take, suck. I take all offense. Joe's here dude. for it. I take all offense. It's you like, haven't been on the you show can't yet, be a pl- so I, I, you I, cannot I commend be a you. I, I would, I, every week, seven minutes, I rant about how much the Giants are horrible. Joe is absolutely here for it. Yeah. You, just, you can't. I'm with you. You can't make the playoffs and be only better at scoring points than the New York Giants. That I don't can't. think that. I don't think that uh, being better than the New York Giants should be, you know, something that you put on the fridge. It's not something you right now. Look at and yeah. Be, wow, we're really. Proud. That's worse than a participation trophy. Yeah. So yeah, my thoughts with the whole seven team thing, when they first made the announcement, it just kind of irked me that there was seven teams per conference in the playoffs. It's just kind of a gross number compared to six. Yeah. Everything was nice and even. Two teams got buys, but just having a, a an odd number of teams per conference in the playoffs, it was a little weird. But I can't lie, I love the Super Wild Card weekend. I mean, having football basically on three days straight every time you turn on the TV and a Monday night game. The Monday night game, I will say, I don't like that just because you're giving the Rams less time to prepare against the Buccaneers, a team that you definitely need a lot of time to prepare for. I don't like that. Not a fan of that. But I will say, I do like it now. More playoff action more more room to see those upsets, even though we didn't see them this time. But we were really one Brandon Staley uh, uncalled timeout away from seeing Chargers-Chiefs again, which would have been a great yeah. first-round matchup. We could have seen – it was looking like week 15, week 16, we could have seen Washington football team versus the Buccaneers again. <laughs> we saw that earlier this year. Who knows what could have happened there? And last year we saw that game, football team Buccaneers, and, they, yeah, it, it was the same thing. Where Taylor Heineke almost constructed a an insurmountable, uh, unthinkable win against Tom Brady and the Bucks. So, really, I just think this year it didn't it didn't pan out as well as it could have. But in the future, going forward, I think we're gonna like what we're gonna see with the bigger sample size of playoff teams. Ladies and gentlemen, over the air, I'm so sorry for my my co-host Saran. He 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 heard about his uh his rival teams being talked about, and he just wanted to talk about Washington for. Are right, you know minutes. what? Fine, the Saints, <laughs> Saints, Bucks. We saw what happened with the Saints. Saints swept the Bucks. I won't say football team. It's just it's my immediate reaction when I see you know playoff picture and then just falling out like we do. You know, mostly every year, or just not even being in it in the first place. There's always some sort of disappointment in Washington, just like any other NFC East team. But yeah. the Saints, Saints, Bucks, that would have been a lot better than Eagles, Bucks, in my opinion, because well, you get hmm. get a nine nothing shutout against Tom Brady. That doesn't happen. I mean, uh, a backup quarterback going pound for pound with the greatest ever doesn't happen either. Yeah, exactly, and that would have been a lot more entertaining than yeah. the, the Eagles. Nobody. Nobody expected Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, that, that cute little running back room, to do anything against that Bucks front hey, seven. Hey, At least hey, I didn't. Hey, he's cute to everyone but the Giants because apparently he no, just Boston Scott us. is the he's the giant killer. He's literally our father. Let's make him our GM. I think that if he, uh, if he owns us already, might as well just <laughs> sell the team off to him. Maybe we'll do better. You, pro- the, you really can't go. You can't get any worse than you have been for the past yeah. four or five years. Either way, though, I, I think I think for me, and, and then I'll throw it to Josh. I just think that the only thing that the that the game seven or seed seven does for me 
is it gives you less of an excuse for missing the playoffs. Like, now playoffs is bare minimum where you get fired. That's where I'm saying. If you're going to add more playoff teams, then everyone's like, oh, we have another shot. And then if you lose, you're just like, oh, the eighth seed is like, damn, just missed it. Well, we're on the next. And then the ninth seed's like, oh, we came two away. Oh, we came three away. And then everyone from from nine to, you know, bottom seeds are like, all right, this is where we, we fire. I'm firing my coach if he's an eighth seed. And it, realistically, I don't, like, the the seventh seed, all it does for me is to make it an uneventful game for the for the two seed and seven. And then it, it makes it less of an excuse for poverty franchises, as are, you know, all of our... What are you a fan of, Josh? I'm a Steelers fan. Okay, so... So I can admit that we've been a poverty franchise for about three years yeah, now. Yeah, so all of us are poverty franchises because I don't believe that the Eagles and Steelers deserve to be in the playoffs. So no, it just gives it less of an excuse to now, if you do miss it, i.e. me and Grant's team, and then, or if you get the, the random shot, i.e. Josh's team, to get in there on a basically a fluke, it, it just it just gives me like it doesn't do anything for me unless if you win if you win kudos but the the worst team to ever win a Super Bowl in the regular season is the 2010 or 2011 2012 New York Giants where they went nine and seven so if you're telling me that a six seed that went nine and seven barely got the wild card because they, they needed to win four games before that goes to the playoffs worse than that. And then is expected to beat the two seed, is expected to beat other playoff teams when you're too poverty that you wouldn't have made it before? It's not happening. See, the thing with me, seeding only tells part of the story. Once you get into the playoffs, seeding is irrelevant, except if you have that bye week. Everything goes out the window. Record, everything. It's all about how you're performing as of late and how you're going to perform going into the playoffs. Because if we saw the Colts in the playoffs, man, if they just beat the Jags, who knows what Jonathan Taylor could have done with that team? And you look at their record, or if they were the seventh seed, whatever, that goes out the window because you've got a top-five MVP candidate running the ball. You never know what could have happened. So, in my opinion, the extra team, it is what it is. Seeding and record has no it, it has no relevance once you get to the big stage. I have to agree with Grant there. I think that I think for the first year testing this out, it was kind of just crappy, the matchups we got, because there were really no close matchups unless you count Bengals Raiders and Cowboys Niners, but Bengals Raiders was the only one because it came down to the last seven yards. I'll give you that. Also, wait, but Joe, did we call the Steelers a poverty franchise? I, I'm that Josh I was, did. I did uh, for Josh the last did. for the last three years. They, uh, oh, oh, last. Three, I don't okay, think that yeah. they're a more poverty franchise. Like I don't I, really I think that the New York Giants are a poverty franchise franchise. No, no, I, I, will get, I don't think I'll, Washington I'll is either. I just think that right now they're poverty. In three years, because the way the Steelers have structured their team. They are going to have no direction because this team— Mike I'm Tomlin. A, Mike Tomlin. Two words. I love Mike Tomlin so much. He took a team that was on, like, their fourth-string quarterback a couple years ago almost to a playoff Hold on, wait. Before you keep going, I just want to point it out. With this team, with Ben Roethlisberger's crypt walking around, number two, Ben Roethlisberger out, having to deal with A.B., Le'Veon Bell, and then Duck Hodges as your best QB— Still has yet to go under .500. Mike Tomlin will have at least nine wins for the rest of his tenure every year. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. They could have Mitch Trubisky next year for all I care about. He's but a great coach. To win games with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, 
I wouldn't say that's anything close Mason to poverty. That, after he got CTE from Miles that, Garrett. Yeah, that the, just goes to show Tomlin is a top three coach in football. He's easily I, a top. I, sure, I'd say top five. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as poverty, considering that they still have winning seasons with these horrible quarterbacks. Don't I, Big Ben? He turned things around at the end of the season. He was a little bit better. But he's still, in this playoff game, he averaged 4.9 yards per attempt. That's something that you'd see in a senior citizens league. So yeah, for, He's a checkdown guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're not poverty. They've definitely gone under the Steelers' standard, which is winning, yeah. and winning yeah. a lot of football. And they're I not, think the Giants did the same thing. Yeah, but, well, here's I, mean, the, well, I, I keep trying to go back to that, but keep, no, keep but going with the— they're, So seven, they're seven. not a poverty franchise now. I will say in three years, because this team, the way that, they're, that they've drafted and just the way that they've continued— to not pick a backup, they're not. Like, they don't have a contingency plan. The second Roethlisberger leaves, like they're going to run with Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph, and if they can win games, that's fine. But they need to figure out a way to construct a team. They need to go into this offseason. They can need to. They can offload some veteran guys because they need to go into a rebuild. This team is not built for long term success. You go into like a mini rebuild. You get some draft picks. You fix the offensive line so that next year when you draft the quarterback, he doesn't die for a season. Wow, and a then team you can fixing an O line. Sorry, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to throw it in there. But I'm getting off track. Back to the whole playoff thing. I am personally fine with the seven, the seven teams. I think that just this year with the Steelers and the Eagles, we got like a bad hand mostly because the Colts imploded, and Brandon Stanley doesn't know how to coach, and then the NFC is just the NFC. But I really like the fact that now there's it actually means something to get the one seed. Because before, both the one and the two seed got the bye. But now just the one seed gets that bye. And so it means a lot more to be a one seed versus being just a one. Like, if you're a one and two seed, I mean, yeah, one seed, you get the home field advantage. But the two seed also gets that bye. So you don't really feel as special. But now you're the only team that gets that. You get that extra week. You get to prepare more. And so I personally, I'm fine with the seven teams. I think... Next year and the years to come, we'll actually have teams that make sense making that list of 14. It's going to be go more in. interesting. I, ju- I just think that I-, I do like how the number one seed plays more of a factor now. But yeah. I just – you guys don't think that it would be more entertaining if – because I feel like what the seven seed does is it makes it into like – a men's IM league where it's like, oh, it's okay how you do in the regular season as long as you make the playoff, uh, a winning record, you make the playoffs. I mean, all of us were a part. Uh, I don't know if Grant was. I don't remember if you were a part of that because I think you were in another one. But me and Josh were a part of a, you know, stationwide IM football, flag football. Oh, we God. didn't win a game. We got rained out. We f- and it we counted as two right. wins. We, we won a forfeit game. Yeah. But it counted as two wins, and we had a .500 record, so we made it, and we got slapped. We got absolutely blown off the field. So, like, like the Steelers. we do. We I don't think we deserve to be in the playoffs just because we had a technically had a winning record. Joe, what in the world, man? <laughs> There's no rainouts in the NFL. This is no comparison here. What, what I'm talking about is my experiences with. I don't think that we're not we an NFL have been player, there. though. Like uh, the difference between an the, I am flag I'm football not, league. Listen, I'm trying to bring and my being life a professional football player. I wish to be an athlete, immense. and I can't anymore. So let me have this real quick. I'm just saying. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like, make any the Colts sense. barely know, missed but... out on the playoffs. If Jonathan Taylor was in a playoff game, are you telling me that it just would have been like, oh, congrats, like you guys yes. made the playoffs, like enjoy the couch next week? If they play the Chiefs, yes. Uh, Jonathan Taylor would have ran all Jonathan over. Jonathan Taylor would have destroyed yes. that. Defense. Okay, don't get me wrong, Chiefs probably would have won, but having the Chiefs as a two seed is kind of disgusting in the first place because anytime that Patrick Mahomes plays. 
a team of that caliber, he's probably going to win. I mean, I will admit the the Chiefs probably would have won, but at least the Colts would have made it respectable. The, the it would have been a fun game to watch. Yeah, no one exactly. wants to watch the Steelers on Sunday night prime. But time I, I would football. rather watch the Steelers on prime time than the Eagles. Well, oh. yeah, but I'd rather watch the Colts you'd rather over watch, both. You'd rather watch Big Ben men's league quarterback yes. play at 4.9 yards Jalen per Hurts. attempt. I can't call him the nickname yes. that I call him. Uh, so Jalen Hurts can't air. throw. Big Ben can't throw. What's the difference? It's because Jalen Hurts can at least run. Jalen Hurts is a playmaker. At least they have the leading, do the leading but rushing that's attack the all in football he can this do. year. I'm, I'm like, Roethlisberger can't do I anything. Talking, I was talking to Eagle fans and like, yo, I think Jalen Hurts is the answer. I'm like, the man literally played, granted, I keep... I don't know why I keep bringing them up because it, it's really topical. But they play the New York Giants and he throws four interceptions. You can't have a dude that's going to literally every time you throw wince. Because that, that turns it into the hybrid of why we don't like Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Because all he could do is run. You're getting the same thing uh, with Jalen Hurts. No, no, no. So, okay, absolutely you, okay. not. Are you no. telling me that Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar? What? What do you? Jalen Hurts and Lamar, are we putting them in the same conversation? I'm putting them in the same That's... conversation because now that Lamar has a passing game, he has a shot. But when we were saying that he couldn't throw the Lamar ball. Lamar was terrible this we year. I know. But that's what, what we were fearing with the Where are with we the coming Eagles? from? No, 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 no. I don't want to hear Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts in the same sentence ever again. I don't again. either, but they're what so okay. different. The, the, Dude, Lamar I was bad this year, on. but Jalen Hurts was still worse than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson didn't even play half yes. the year. I think, and, hold on. I think you're, you're misinterpreting what my argument is. I'm saying that Jalen Hurts is what we feared that Lamar Jackson was going to be. Okay. Because okay. J- Lamar Jackson, All right. when he came to the league and he was a runner, we said that he couldn't throw the ball. So when you get into a point where you cannot throw the ball, when you can't win games with your arm, that's a problem. And you're not the future because you have to, you have to be able to throw as a QB. Lamar Jackson proved in multiple games in the beginning of this season and the beginning of last season that he can win games when throwing the ball. Okay, thank okay, you. That's thank fine. you. Thank you. Okay. Jalen Hurts can't. Jalen Hurts, when okay. he throws, right, right, Eagle right. fans That's wins. That's better. I will say this about the Jalen, because you're talking about the four interception game against the Giants, yes. which was terrible. But also, if Jalen Rieger can catch a ball, we don't have to talk true, about that conversation. True. And if the Eagles decide to draft Justin Jefferson yeah. over Jalen Rieger, we're still not mm-hmm. having this conversation. I still want to say that the New York Giants, I, I, I'm kind of throwing the Giants into into the ring because of the season that they had. Their, their, their defense is very underrated. That was a top 12, 12 Top 12, almost top 10 defense last year. And the only reason why they're bottom league now is because of how atrocious the offense was. But when you get into a point where Eagle fans are literally wincing when you throw the ball, it's a problem. He's not the answer. He, he's, he wasn't – you should have kept – everyone was saying that, that Carson Wentz was the answer. Everyone's saying that when, when, you, were, when you were comparing – J- uh, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, who both had an MVP season and then got hurt, and then Nick Foles went in, finished the job, and had a, the scheme fit of winning the Super Bowl. Then you play one season with them backing up each other, and Nick Foles again, Carson Wentz goes teeter-totter, Nick Foles should have had that spot, and the Eagles should have kept Foles. Now you get to the point where Foles, you're trading him, and you're drafting Jalen Hurts, who wasn't even the the biggest prospect in that draft. He was. Yeah, they got him in the second you, round. They got him in a budget. Yeah, other only other than one or two quarterbacks, unless if it's a nuts draft like the 2004 or the 2018, 19, when when Dak went with Patrick Mahomes, 
uh, or, uh, except for that round, or like the Baker Mayfield draft when there was a bunch of QBs in that with the Sam Darnold who may may or may not flourish with the Panthers when they get their stuff figured out. Heck no. He's I just well, so I don't bad. think so either, yeah. but but I'm just talking for the about sake the draft. Of cover, yeah. I just I just think that when you get to a point where you're getting these these, you know, star studded drafts, only one of them is actually gonna come in and not be a project. Mac Jones is a project, but the one guy that can figure it out is Bill Belichick. Trevor Lawrence isn't a project. He's the only one out of last year's draft that's not a project, and look at the team around him right now. And then you, you try to take the keys and give it to, you know, you needed a receiver, right? You needed a receiver two, two months after already drafting a receiver. So in this point, when you have this situation where you're taking and giving the keys to a second-round draft pick who you shouldn't have even took regardless— the Eagles shouldn't have took Hurts regardless. Oh, they should have second. either traded for somebody, uh, waited until the first round to draft them, or they should have took the second round pick and helped their secondary because their secondary is trash. Their O line again. Secondary trash. They've they've got they've still got Slay. They've still I got Darius Slay. But that's I'm talking about when they drafted Hurts because they got him in the same in the same free. Agency okay, but draft. okay, but here's the, here's the thing. Hurts' first year last year. Eagles fans and the majority of the league wanted to see him play, and he finished out the season playing pretty well. I don't think you can have one bad season or a one mediocre season. It's not even that he had a terrible season. As like a second year, basically your first year as a starter, and consider him a wash, the team is – the team, they're not in a bad spot, but they still need to rebuild. They're not completely done. They have a lot of draft picks this year. And, and so I think if – I th- here's the thing. So the Giants – because last year I was saying when the Giants stuff. when the Giants had all those offensive weapons when they got Kadarius Tony and Daniel Jones has all these weapons around him I was saying that Daniel Jones now has no more excuses to yeah, be a terrible don't. quarterback and he doesn't Jalen Hurts I think after this draft and what they do with said draft picks I think then maybe you can say okay maybe he isn't the guy but again it's only his second I'm year. just yeah, looking yo, at the out. decision he was making and it's not rookie mistakes it's stupid mistakes. But Joe Joe listen. Going against the we go back no the listen listen, listen. Oh, listen. we go back to the fact oh, the we go back to the fact about project quarterbacks Jalen Hurts is a project quarterback in the essence of it he is the project yes. quarterback because he's a guy who had the physical tools but then in Alabama surrounded by talent you don't know if that's going to translate right to the league and He's shown moments where it has, but look who he's throwing to. He's got Jalen Rager, who's terrible. Sure, Should he's not got, be that. He's got Devontae, I think Dallas Goddard De- and their running backs are the only ones. Devontae Smith, that is no, fair. Devontae Smith is very good. I will say, Dallas Goddard has drop well, he, issues. He, he's got to grow into his own because obviously, when you throw a rookie quarterback in with a rookie receiver, the I mean, everyone can't be Joe uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah, well, exactly. They're different. But when you got Devontae Smith, who some people worried about. His size or his durability, considering how small he is at the NFL level compared to some of the guys that he'd be taking hits from, there's a huge transition. Like you said, not a lot of guys can come in and be Jamar Chase right away. Wide receiver is a hard position to transfer to, but when you're throwing the ball to Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, you you got Dallas Goddard who has some huge drop issues, especially we've seen it on third down, those big plays. That's going to let down a quarterback who's young and who's relying on his playmakers to go make plays. You didn't have Miles Sanders for a chunk of the season, and that offense wasn't running the ball for a good portion of the first half I, of the season. The first show, the first show of this of the entire the entire essence of phone booth. I literally sat here and was like, 
how are you not running it? Yeah, exactly. And so when they played the Bucks, I won. This you. Eagles team was tussling to find their identity for most of the year, and you still get to the playoffs with Jalen Hurts. How are you going to give up on him? I'd say keep- I just don't. I what I'm saying is I the mistakes that he makes throwing the ball. I've I I don't classify as like just writing him off as rookie mistakes. I see that as a QB that doesn't know how to make decisions. He's a second year guy. Well, okay, he doesn't maybe sure. His decision making is a little flawed. My thing but is, like, I don't think him, that he could develop it to someone that can make good. It's decisions. too early to tell. It, it's like it's different with far, someone like I Matt think, Jones. See, I well, would have normally said that until I watched the decisions he made. You know who may, who would make it a little easier for him to make decisions? Maybe Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. You add those guys, and you see those guys flying wide open. He won't have to think about who to throw the ball to. But he's or throwing, if he still has Zach Ertz for all. He's throwing to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Quez Watkins. Instantly was a playmaker with the Cardinals. Okay, but there was a lot of turmoil going in on there. He was talking about wanting to True. leave for a while. True. This Eagles organization... Entering the season, I didn't think that there was any chance that they'd win more than seven games just because of everything that was going on. you got a first-year head coach. You've got a receiving core that was unquestionably one of the lower lower tiers in the NFL besides Devontae Smith, of course. Jalen Rager's been terrible, like I said. And Goddard still has his drop issues on big play, you know, big third down plays. We've seen it happen against the Buccaneers. He had like he two was, drops. He had an OV to wide open touchdown. Wide yeah. open. He had and at he least goes, two drops. And you're telling me that this is, a, you know, Jalen Hurts has to somehow figure it out and carry this team when he has really almost nothing around him besides that run game, which I will say, he opens up the entire run game in the first place because he can run the ball. He's he's mm-hmm. one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks when it comes to his legs in the league. You see that run against the Saints, and that'll tell you the entire story. So he opens up this offense for the Eagles. If you were to put Carson Wentz under center in the same Eagles team, guarantee no more than seven wins. Whoa. Here's here's whoa. what I'm going to say. We were no whoa. more than seven we were wins. Ta- we were talking about whoa. Alabama. Hold on. We were talking about Alabama. You can get in that Jalen Hurts whoa. single-handedly whoa. gave this offense an identity. Whoa. Carson Wentz is the Hold reason on, that the whoa. Colts lost to the Jags, Hold among on, several whoa. other things. He's one of the main reasons. Carson on, Wentz whoa. was so in. But, but we're but we're comparing him to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts You're gave the Jaylen Eagles Hurts their so identity. Jackson five minutes ago. He gave the. I, I didn't. I'm not. I'm literally saying that it was what he feared because I'm saying he's Jalen Hurts is the identity of the Eagles' offense because without him, they couldn't run the ball. Who was Miles Sanders a couple of years ago? He wasn't doing much. He's a very good running back. He is, o- he is overrated out of this world, excuse and it's not even me, funny. Dude, I don't you see what happened? Product. Look at the me. look at the gaps that he had. It's oh all because of Jalen Hurts. That RPO offense, that read option, all opened up by Jalen Hurts. You get out Miles Sanders out of the equation. Boston Scott, you, you watched me? it firsthand, Joe. You Dude, watched Boston him against Scott your Giants. Is only good when he plays New York. Jordan Howard, he had like three touchdowns against. I, I can't even remember who they played at this point. And you're telling me that Jalen Hurts has nothing to do with this? It's all Jalen Hurts. He I opens up the entire it. offense. I want to say this I about Alabama quarterbacks because Grant mentioned Alabama quarterbacks. You know how rare it is for an Alabama quarterback to do good out of college, like immediately. Yeah, the last it's good horrible. Alabama quarterback to go into the NFL and that was somewhat decent was Joe Namath, like mm-hmm. 50 years mm-hmm. ago. I mean, Mac Jones came out and he, I mean, obviously it's, not Mac in the Jones, playoffs. It's, a, it's the first year. Yeah. The majority of Alabama quarterbacks that have come into the NFL mm-hmm. have negative touchdowns. Because they're touchdown, glorified game bad... managers. I said it when Mac Jones was going to be drafted, and I said it when Jalen Hurts was going to be drafted. It's an Alabama quarterback, exit off your draft board. I'm not here's taking the thing. him. Jalen Hurts has shown so much. He's shown a lot of promise, and he's shown a lot of potential, as has Mac Jones. It's year two. Out of this entire list, 
because Tua has just completely fallen off Tua the face sucks. of the earth. He's Tua so sucked. bad, and I hate Tua that sucked in the first place. Because I really, I wanted him to be, I wanted to root for him. I really did. So did but I. Jalen Hurts, besides Mac Jones, is the only guy on this list that I would take from an Alabama quarterback. Matt Jones, uh, no. Besides Mac Jones, I, he's the only I, guy. Unless if I have Bill Belichick, I don't think I'm taking any of them. I I would not take I wouldn't take Jalen. I dude, I'm telling you it right now. On, actually, I, I can tell uh, you. I'll say it depends on who the options. In are. a year or in two years, the Eagles will be like a top. Well, it's not going to be that hard to be a top team I, in the NFC East. Okay, so. see, that's where so. there's also there's the difference between being a playmaker and being a winner. It's still yet to see. We're still yet to see if Jalen Hurts is a winner. I had concerns about his ability to play against these NFC East teams until he went and he carved up the football team. Um, but that's Washington is. At per usual, but Jalen Hurts, he has the tools to be a winner. Just surround him with tools. talent. You have to surround this him offense, with talent. Here's this here's team is in a full rebuild right now. Entering the year, they were in a full rebuild. First year, and they coach, made the playoffs. And they in made a the playoffs. Year. On a fluke. On it a still fluke. counts. You went ten no, games. It doesn't count to me. We just had the conversation that it doesn't count. I, th- I would ha- say, oh. dude, I. It oh, count- you're right. You were on the. Ar- you both were on the argument that you should. It, get it. Okay. counts more than the Steelers making it, in my opinion. I. Because you want to know what? I will agree with that. Here's the I thing. was going to say now here's I will thing. agree with that. The difference between Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz is Jalen Hurts has the play. We, he's a playmaker. We don't know if he's a winner yet because he hasn't surrounded with much talent. When Carson Wentz was traded to the Colts, there was talk that the Colts are a playoff team or you get rid of Carson Wentz, and they missed the playoffs mostly in part. Due to Carson Wentz, we know that Carson Wentz isn't a winner anymore. He clearly isn't. That that Colts team is has so much talent, and all they needed was one good quarterback, and you thought you had it with Carson Wentz, and you get nothing to show for that. Absolutely nothing. Jalen Hurts is miles better than Carson Wentz because he still has the potential to show that he has that winning ability when the Eagles become a better team. The Eagles. They have so much draft capital this year. They could do whatever they want. They could do whatever they want, and they can build a team around Jalen Hurts. They need to do it better than than the Dolphins did for Tua because they tried to build a team around Tua, and it failed drastically, and now the Dolphins are, implied, are imploding. What I just say is, like, when you don't have the quarterback right, it doesn't matter how much draft capital you have because we've seen the Jets the have three <laughs> first-rounders every year. We've seen yeah. the Jets have three first-rounders every year, and look but at that's them. that's the still Jets. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's still the Eagles. doesn't matter if the quarterback's right if you have, if you don't have pieces around it. I mean, No, what did, it doesn't. What, what did Nick Foles do with the Eagles with that? But what I'm saying— Nick Foles isn't a good quarterback. I mean, Nick no offense Foles, Nick Foles is not a bad one. He's just one, but uh, he's, he's like a Kirk Cousins. He's Nick average. Foles came in and he did a job, and the Eagles he won, won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. He, but won what Super I, Bowl. he brought the Eagles to a Super Bowl. What I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not going to raise my voice about this because it's just getting ridiculous at this point. Jalen Hurts, ridiculous. You have three first round picks. If you so can, do the Giants. The okay. Giants had it three years and ago. And the Giants think that, and the Giants for some reason the think Jets that have Daniel three Jones first is the guy. Okay. Well, listen to this. The Giants also are tied with the Jets for the most losses in football. Over the past in five years, years, where they had three first-round draft picks, right? So that doesn't okay, matter. That thing. shows organizational failure. That's organizational the Eagles failure. just won a Super David Bowl. David Letterman a few years was ago. a terrible GM. Yeah, the, the first they Super Bowl resign. in their franchise history. They won what now? Oh, one, they, one for, in franchise history. Oh uh, yeah, it was still recent. And then, and, the, most, and then the next year, they don't win the the division when it's the worst division anyone has ever seen. Okay, ever. so you get rid of the problem, Carson Wentz, and now you're back. And now you're back in the playoffs. You got three first round picks this year. Construct a team around Jalen Hurts. See where you go. You got a first year head coach that took a team that was supposed to be in a full rebuild. You take him to the playoffs. And look, you traded away the problem. Look what happened. They missed the playoffs with an even better roster. 
I'm not saying that the Eagles are going to go and they're going to win the NFC East. I think Dallas is still going to be the team to beat for the next few years, even though we all know what's going to happen in the playoffs. But the Eagles are in the right place with Jalen Hurts, and they've got so much capital around them to make this team even better. We're still yet to see if he's capable of winning these big games, but for now he's the answer. He's the answer for at least the next three years, I'd say. And you don't go and draft I can, quarterback. I, I, I respectfully disagree. Well, here's the thing. I also very respectfully yeah. disagree on you saying that Miles Sanders is not a good running back. Oh, I, it's, oh we're still talking about Miles Sanders. Pretty we're talking about the whole team. The whole team. The whole team. I will say this. I think the Eagles are in a much better spot than the Cowboys just because the Eagles don't have as much pressure on them to not choke like the Cowboys do. No I mean, one expected the, the Eagles to win. Everyone, so. everyone said Bucks by 70 in this game. I mean, they still got smacked. They got garbage time touchdowns to make it closer. But I mean, they it's didn't still, score until the fourth. I, I know garbage time touchdowns, like I said. Yeah. But like, the Cowboys are in a much worse spot. I also don't think that I think that it's way too early to make a rash decision on Jalen Hurts as a whole. I think that the Giants have waited too long with Daniel Jones. I think yes. he has no more excuses yes. now. But I think the Eagles. It's too early to tell. I think that despite two, uh, despite two only being in there for about a year or two, I think there. I think he's done. He's. Mm-hmm. Do nothing. I think it's true to tell with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts took your team from a rebuild, like Grant said, into a nine and seven team, and so I think you just wait it out for right now. I think, I think you, I think you draft around that. And then here's the thing: if it doesn't work out this year, and you don't think he's the guy, next year's quarterback class is going to be miles better than this year's. It will be by a time. They might, they so might land many, Bryce have, Young. They're not going to be that bad. They're not going to be <laughs> you that kidding bad. Me? They might, for all we know, they might make the playoffs. Yeah, again. the Lions will be back there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean any team with Jared Goff. True. All right, we're going to send it to our first break. We're going to discuss other maybe NFL things. I know Grant had a gripe with the Bills a few uh, a few days ago. Uh, we might move into NBA depending on what the time is looking like. Either way, don't go anywhere. We'll get more of a headache as the show gets on. Thank you for listening, and don't go anywhere. Hey, Cade. Hey, Emily. Did you know that Mr. Rogers was a pastor before his television show? No, I didn't. Well, did you also know that Ted Bundy escaped prison two different times? Wait a minute. This is a lot coming at me right now. How do you know all this? I listen to our talk show, Documentary Deep Focus. Oh, the one every Tuesday at 445? That's it. Well, I can't wait to see you there. Tune in on Com Radio to hear what Emily and I find out this week on Documentary Deep Focus. Hey, Dad, I'm really running low on some funds in my account, and I really think I need to get a job. We're in luck. Penn State Dining is already hiring students for all positions for the fall 2021 semester. Apply now and save yourself time later. Penn State Dining has great pay and flexible hours, so make sure to get your application in today. Go to foodservices.psu.edu today to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. That's foodservices.psu.edu. Can the Tampa Bay Lightning win three straight Stanley Cups? Can the Philadelphia Flyers bounce back after last season? Or how will the Seattle Kraken do in its inaugural campaign? These are questions that can only be answered on the Sinbin with Jacob Cheris and Jordan Hessian. Tuesdays from 7.30 to 8.30 right here on Com Radio. Hello there. 
I am the President of the United States, telling you to tune into Lunch Break, Mondays, 12 to 12.30 on Com Radio. There, hosts Chip DeFalco and Dugan Lloyd break down all the biggest stories in sports and go over the past weekend's NFL slate. It's my new favorite show, me, the President of the United States. Lunch Break, Mondays from 12 to 12.30, live on Com Radio. Now back to Phone Booth on Com Radio. Welcome back to Phone Booth on Com Radio, Com Radio's only sports debate podcast, and uh, we've already met our goal of the show for for a first time in a while, where uh, we're supposed to have a headache every show. Um, already got there, so we're going to get uh, worse into it as uh, um, we will not dive. We'll, we'll 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 probably revisit the Eagles topic later at some point in the season, or you know. The off season. Off season. We're gonna go to the future, right? Every no one really cares about the past because it already happened. Um, we're gonna go to the future because we have a hot take from our co-host that I informed our guest, and uh, I think that we uh, he said, "Hey, we need this to be a talking point." Grant, you can give it. Really doesn't need a whole lot of explanation behind it. The Bills are not a Super Bowl contender. Period. And I'll let you guys. And go you ahead. St- you still stand by that after the thrashing they gave. Absolutely. The you look okay. This is recency bias at its finest. Past four weeks, we've seen the Bills play the Patriots. <laughs> they were a playoff team last year. Recency bias. I'm talking about this year and this year only. Look at the past four weeks. They've played the Patriots twice. Josh Allen has eight combined touchdowns. Been basically flawless in these games. We're only a few weeks removed. From him throwing three picks against the Atlanta Falcons. But I don't think that you can call it recency bias when they were a playoff team last year. They were a playoff team last year. What does that matter last year? Because you said recency bias. If it's recency bias, then you're talking about the past of them sucking. They they didn't suck in the past. I'm not talking about them sucking. I'm talking about, I'm saying recency bias as in we're blowing their, their performances against the Patriots out of the water. And we didn't do that last year? Out of proportion. When they almost beat the Chiefs in the playoff game? I mean, almost doesn't matter in the playoffs. Almost only counts it in doesn't. horseshoes and handguns. Almost, I, I, yep. I understand that, saying. but he's talking about recency bias. I'm gonna say, I think the Bills. I'm talking about recency bias. You're blowing these recent performances against the Patriots out of the water, completely out of the water, because we have to keep in mind Josh Allen has 15 interceptions this year. That's a ridiculous total. That's top yeah, five. Yeah, but in this the is a easily. not. This is not a great uh, Kansas City secondary. They're not great, you, but you, they've turned you, things wait, around. You think 15 interceptions is bad? That's horrible. That's, that's horrible. average. If you're, if you're average, that's average. Joe, you, you don't, don't want to be average t- if you're the Bills. True, I will, but I'm not. Fifteen he's, picks. He's no, 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 like no, 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 no. You say fifteen like picks is average for thirty. I don't well, think fifteen is horrible. Fifteen is terrible. That's 15 almost is a pick a game. One turnover a game. What happens if you do? What happens if you have multiple turnovers a game against a team like the Chiefs in the playoffs? You're you cannot Pat- turn the ball over against the Chiefs. You're they giving will make Patrick you pay. Mahomes a couple extra chances. You're gone. You're done. You're watching on the couch. Yeah, that's thirty-six and fifteen is not a bad season. That's, that's not great. That's, fair. that's, that's not only Josh a two to one. Standard. That's only Compared a two to, to one ratio, though. And Compared you think to last year, bad? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm on the side that the Bills are a, are a Super Bowl I, contender. I know, but I don't. They just like, get 
They they have a tough matchup ahead in the Chiefs. So I, mean, I will hold say, on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, because I don't know if you got this. I, I I understand that I brought them up like eight times this year. Is 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 it? Actually, I'll get to that second. Philip Rivers, Hall, Hall of Fame QB? Question mark. No, I wouldn't say. So. Really? Are you? Uh, Eli I'm Manning play, down the road. Yeah. Okay. Eli Manning. Yes. Phillip. Okay. His best season ever: thirty-seven, sixteen. Eli Manning, sixteen. Yes. Eli. Yes. Okay. So but I, Eli also is the actual Eli threw a lot of picks. He also won two Super Bowls. He is a, but that's okay, his, but also Philip Rivers never really I mean, okay, he did have Ladainian Tomlinson, but he never he had, had some the, good teams. He had some he had good some he never good had some teams. great teams. Thing is, uh, yeah, there were some pretty good Chargers teams back think, when Rivers was playing. I think what you're doing is you're comparing it to last year because when he came on the scene and threw thirty seven and ten, it was it was baffling to everybody. And no not everyone can be Aaron Rodgers where you only throw four interceptions. No one no one can really be Tom Brady where you only throw a certain amount of interceptions and have fifty touchdowns in a well, year like uh, two thousand seven. Josh Allen was what, thirty six thirty six? Thirty six fifteen. Okay. Patrick Holmes is thirty seven thirteen. He's not that much better. Yeah. He's okay. not that much better this year. And okay. that's not a bad and the Chiefs, that's not a you're acting you're acting you're like it's thirty for thirty. The Chiefs also had a span of games where they were horrendous, and Mahomes that's what I'm saying. They were yeah. terrible. Mahomes was okay. god awful. L- look at the Chiefs now. Yeah, the Chiefs I'm have been be playing. Though, they've the, also the been Bills playing terrible teams. Three the, games in a row, and they only have one back. The Chiefs just game. ran through the Steelers' defense like it was nothing. The Steelers' I, I defense is severely I understand, overrated. I understand severely the Steelers. No, I wouldn't even say it's overrated. It's just not very good. But look at what the Chiefs have been doing recently. They made it through the Chargers with ease. They're they're playing much better football. You look at the teams. I'm not talking about the stats right now. You look at the way that they're playing. The Chiefs are back to that creative football. They're playing loose. Mahomes is comfortable. Outside of that one terrible throw where JJ or uh, TJ Watt swatted in the air and it got picked off, Mahomes looked like himself. He looked like the quarterback that's been making plays left Did and he right. Did he in the beginning of the year? I'm not talking about the beginning of the year, Joe. It's talking about right now. Putting it in context. It's a, it's a lot different comparing someone to the beginning advocate. of the year. I'm talking about the argument. Bills right now. What happened with the Bills right now? A couple weeks ago, um, Josh Allen went 11 of 26 against the Atlanta Falcons secondary with three interceptions. They, the Bills also lost to, J- to Jacksonville, which uh, were Atlanta like completely. Who won the game? Scoreboard. Bills and Bills and Falcons. Well, I'd hope Scoreboard. they'd beat the Falcons. If they okay, here's what I'm saying. The Bills have a. The Bills have a much better all-around team than the Chiefs. The Chiefs are all offense. They have a mediocre defense. The Chiefs, uh, no, mediocre the Chiefs defense. front seven, Nick Bolton, is a ridiculous Their front seven is that, fine, but the Bills are not a running you team. You have Tyron they're, Matthew. And they're both West Coast It's just teams. Tyron Matthew. Ty- Marcus Sorensen. Juan Thornhill. And to okay, be real. But Marcus Sorensen as your secondary safety is so – he is so bad. Yeah, Marcus Sorensen is absolutely yes. terrible. I wouldn't say he plays more than 70% of the snaps. Yeah, well, Juan, he shouldn't because when yeah, they played exactly. the Bills earlier in the year, he got burned every single yeah, play. Yeah, now he's not playing as much because Juan Thornhill's back. But you've Juan Thornhill, you've got the Honey Badger. Sharavius Ward is okay, but with Buffalo, it's about Josh Allen and these stupid throws that he continues to make on a single. It's it's only a handful of throws per game, and then other times you'll see him, you know, like he did against the Patriots, just on third down making miracles happen. But the Chiefs, you saw what happened. When the Steelers got to third down, when they bring that heat with Melvin Ingram, you got Frank Clark, Nick Bolton flying around the field. This is an aggressive defense that plays fast, and they're going to force Josh Allen to make mistakes. And look, you get a turnover and a fumble against the Bills, and the Game Chiefs are going to run away What with happens it. if you get a turnover and a fumble against the Chiefs, though? Well, the thing is, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense. And Josh Allen isn't. 
in which Stephon Diggs. The game's gonna be a shootout regardless. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that. It's all. It's on Josh Allen at this point. He's but got the you targets. Could, you could do the same thing. He's got okay. the targets. The Bills are gonna put up points. Don't get me wrong. And so are the Chiefs. But a couple, a couple turn. Yeah, sure they are. But the Chiefs are gonna make less mistakes in this game. Okay, Here's the so thing. You just trust Patrick Mahomes better than Josh Allen. You got be both of these teams are Super Bowl contenders. I wouldn't say the Bills are Super Bowl contenders because okay, I'm not, but but you're saying they can't can do they can't do this on a consistent basis, Joe. They're not consistently. Basis, you want to list out? They only had two bad games this season. The Bills lost to the Jaguars, though, okay, which is really bad. Lost to the Jets. As a t- okay, you look at who they were playing. They were playing the Panthers, the Falcons, the Jets. Okay, beat the Jets handily. Falcons handily. You play New Orleans won. when they had their whole Panthers quarterback thing going slapped. on. They lost. Oh, great me. The the the. You know, defending champions. They uh, only let me, lost. Let me remind by you, they got five. beat down by the Colts. They got Patriots absolutely on a high they got absolutely lost. They got forward. embarrassed by the Colts. Here's the thing: they the got two, embarrassed by the Colts, and they got embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Super Bowl they were contenders do not get. They, they don't have. You're telling me right now why they're game, inconsistent. Yes. You're telling me game, right. Yes. You're telling me right now that they're that they're inconsistent. Now, if they go beat the Chiefs, I'm still not convinced that this is a Super Bowl contender. If they beat the Chiefs, they're making the Super Bowl. There's no it, way they lose uh, to Tennessee. The Bills. Okay, you got to stack games. You got to show me. That every single week you can do the same thing. I'm not convinced that Josh Allen can play mistake-free football for three weeks in this post. I will agree with Grant that Buffalo's schedule has been made in a way that's very hard to actually scale how good they are. But you can kind of say the same thing for Kansas City. We're both comparing the Bills' previous playoff game and the Chiefs' previous game. You're talking about how the Chiefs bring pressure. It's a lot easier to bring pressure to an offensive line that gives up like six, seven sacks a game with Ben Roethlisberger back there. Josh Allen is a much better playmaker and a much better player than Ben Roethlisberger is at the moment, not in his career. He is a much better player, but when you look at these two Patriots games that they just played within the last four weeks, he was under basically no pressure, and when he was, there was nobody containing him. He was running around all over the place, and he could pick and choose who to throw to because he was able to climb the pocket, run around. There was nobody around him, and he was able to make these throws on third down because they weren't putting pressure on him. But this Chiefs defense... Plays a lot faster than the Patriots defense. I want to give you, but if, but if you put extra factors. pressure on Josh Allen, that leaves people like Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs over. I will say this: just Stephon Diggs, regardless of win or lose, is going to have a revenge game because of the way that he, just after how he just stayed on the field for like an like 30, 45 minutes after they lost last year, like he's he's going to be on a mission. I think Josh Allen wants to prove that this year. Like that last game wasn't a fluke. I think regardless, this is going to be a hell of a. This is going to be easily the best game besides yes. Bucks Rams to yeah. watch by far, I by wanna, a mile. I see. I want to ask you a question, right? So you're saying yeah. that they can't do it on a consistent basis, and a Super Bowl contending team cannot lose against an embarrassing loss, correct? That's that's your argument against yeah. the Bills. Okay. So do you do you think that a a team that loses 38-3 to against a team that didn't make the playoffs and then goes pound for pound in a, in a season that goes f- uh, a team that goes 5-11, and they only win by two, and it takes a game-leading game uh, drive to go down within the 20-yard line, oh. and then they fumble to lose by two. Do you classify that? And also losing to the same team that you lost 28-3 to again another time by 11 points, do you, do you find that to be... A, a point where that's embarrassing. Joe, the thing is, the Chiefs won seven straight games. Hold on, recent- yes or no though? Yeah, is that embarrassing? That was earlier in the season, but yeah, sure. But is that embarrassing? embarrassing? Yeah, it's cool, embarrassing. Because I just described to you the 2020 Buck season. 
yeah. last year. Okay, that's Tom Brady. Where they won the Super Bowl. That's Tom yeah, Brady. but playoffs are a lot different. That's I want to say Brady. this. Well, once you, still, the, once okay. you get there, it's a different story. Speaking on the Bucks, do you consider the Bucks a, pl- a Super Bowl contender this year? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, before before you answer that, you can total... answer him. You can answer him first and disregard this. If you want to talk about playoffs, they went pound for pound with a backup quarterback in we, the first round of playoffs. We can't compare Tom Brady to what's going on in the AFC right now. Tom Brady, if you put him in the playoffs, that's a different man. I don't care what happens in the regular season. The Bucs could be the seventh seed for all I care, and they're still they're still Super Bowl. Okay, but, but you're saying you don't care about the regular yeah, season. Your argument about the Bills is that they can't do it on a consistent There's, basis for Tom what you Tom Brady is not your average player. Tom Brady is not just Josh Allen. They're not the I same. Don't th- I, I don't think Josh Allen is bad. I know he is not no, Tom Josh Brady. Allen, but... Josh Allen is an elite quarterback in my mind. So, but, but but I don't know. He did not have is to say that they're not a Super Bowl. Contender. He is an I el- just think you trust the Chiefs more. That's not it. Josh Allen, he's an elite quarterback. He did not have an elite season by any means. And Neither did Patrick Mahomes, though. To be fair, they, it's they not didn't. Elite, but it's they not didn't. Bad. But look at what these teams have done recently. Listen, you're making this. I know. Like Josh Allen is still having turnover-filled games, whereas the Chiefs just came off a seven-game win streak. They lost it on the very, very last drive against the Bengals, who I think are the most dangerous team in the AFC right now, just because of their capabilities on both sides of the ball. But you talk about the Chiefs; they're off a seven-game win streak. What else do you want me to show you? And where's the Bills? A couple weeks ago, Josh Allen, like I said, three interceptions, still playing turnover turnover football. He's, he's throwing picks left and right still, making dumb throws that hold the team back from going out and blowing out teams like the Jets, blowing out teams like the Falcons. They should be playing a lot better than they are right now. And I'm telling you now, if you give Patrick Mahomes an extra two, three possessions, they're winning that game by at least three touchdowns. I just wanna, I just want to list out a few players right now. Do you believe that Matt Stafford is an elite quarterback and he is a Super Bowl contender? Why are we going to Matt Stafford? Just, 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 just let me. Do That's a very loaded question. No, he's not an elite quarterback. You do not think he's an elite quarterback? No, by is no he means. A Super Bowl contender. Yes, because the Rams are Super Bowl contenders, are, not Matthew is, Stafford. Okay, is uh, you got Matthew Stafford? You got Justin Herbert, elite or no? I know he's not in the playoffs. Joe, right now, we're curving. You're trying to get through this argument by comparing different quarterbacks to this situation. Because you're saying that they, I'm he's talking, not an elite quarterback but, because he throws the interceptions. But we're dodging, we're dodging this situation. Home. We're dodging this Joe situation. Joe Burrow's at the top no, 10, no, by this the is way. He said he's, he's an elite quarterback. The Buffalo Bills, as far as I'm concerned. But Joe Burrow only has one more interception than Josh Allen. Joe we're not talking about Joe Burrow. Because we're talking you're about saying that Joe Burrow is a Super Bowl contender and Josh Allen he isn't. He never once said that. No, actually. We talked about before. He says he's going to win the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Packers, Bengals, Packers are winning the Super Bowl. But, okay. Bengal, but Joe Burrow's in the play uh, in the Super Bowl, i.e., he's a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, he is. So if you have because Joe more Burrow's a winner, as far as I'm concerned, Joe Burrow's Josh a winner. Allen isn't? Uh, he hasn't made it to a Super oh Bowl. He's God. he's neither has Joe Burrow. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he hasn't either. But he's playing a national oh championship game. Uh, you're telling me that a guy that goes around and he's smoking cigars after division title wins and and national championship wins. That guy's a winner. He knows what he's doing. Josh Allen and the Bills, Joe they haven't proven co- anything in the playoffs yet. Yeah, they haven't proven know, a thing. You want to know who also They proved something last year. They, they barely Kenny lost to the Chiefs last year. Uh, you said it best yourself. You said it best yourself. I know. Cam barely Cam doesn't count. But that made a statement. No, Everyone expected the Bills to get smacked As last year As far as I'm Chiefs. concerned, the Chiefs are the team. They own the Bills in the playoffs so far. I know we've only seen it once. 
But you Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is going to show up to play, and he's going to play turnover-free football. I'm not convinced that Josh you Allen cannot, can do the same. You cannot tell me that a team owns another team when they played them once. Well, it doesn't you matter. You just look at that. the way that they carry themselves. You saw it last year. You've seen it every under, week. You're comparing teams to teams. But you Josh Allen cannot could have a not-so-elite game, but I still think Stephon Diggs would carry that team if it gets down to that. Uh, Stephon but, Diggs, they've been distributing the ball as even as they possibly could. You don't know if it's going to be Gabriel Davis or Dawson Knox or Isaiah McKenzie. Right, but I think, you, I think if you're the Bills, you have to understand that if you want to win this game, you have to give the ball to your best player, and that's easily Stephon Diggs. It's yeah, sure, but the nature fun. of the Bills is they're going to spread the ball around, but the thing is... When you get to those third and long situation and those Chiefs are flying around and Josh Allen gets a little tighter or something, makes a dumb throw, one dumb throw could cost it. One dumb throw could end the season because the Chiefs, what they do best is capitalize off your mistakes. This and game Josh is good. Allen and the Bills, they've made mistakes all year. You make a mistake against the Chiefs, and that's what the Chiefs capitalize this on. This game is going to come down to whoever makes the more dumb mistakes regardless. And I will say this, whoever wins this game is making the Super Bowl because I can't see – I can't see a Titans team that, granted, they got the first seed in the AFC, but I just I don't trust Derrick them. Derrick Henry is back, so that's the only thing really going. That's for them, the only thing. Ryan Tannehill has not been having a good year. I don't think that either. I don't. I think they're. I think that. I think. I honestly think Tennessee could lose to to the Cincinnati. I mean, Ryan Tannehill got you know in, in a position where you know we're, we're talking about the the players for the interceptions. He has only one less than Josh Allen as well. He yeah, has, but I'm not talking about Ryan Tannehill being elite. Ryan Tannehill is not an elite quarterback. We're not talking about Ryan Tannehill. We're talking way too much about uh, about stats here, Joe. I'm talking about the way the flow of this game and Josh Allen's tendencies as a quarterback. He is a risky quarterback. Sure. Don't get me wrong, Patrick Mahomes is too, but sure. Patrick Mahomes has been making calculated risks in the past few weeks, and it's been working out. That's why they Ex- went on a seven-game win streak, and that's why Josh Allen is still having games where he's so completing less than 50% a, of his passes on. and multiple turnovers. So you're telling me that a risky quarterback cannot win a Super Bowl? Oh, he sure can. He sure can win a Super Bowl. But, but I, I, I get I what you're saying. The Bills' roster is, is not... Built Anything around a risky quarterback. The, the Bills don't have a good enough roster. Like, because here's the thing the Chiefs are so stacked on offense that Brahomes has been risky this year, but also they score so many points a game, it doesn't really matter. I see what he's saying on the fact that you can't have a risky quarterback. Josh Allen has to play a damn near, if not perfect, you have to game be perfect to, to beat the Chiefs. You have to be perfect. You, to beat the Chiefs just think, in the playoffs, you have to be perfect. I don't and Josh think, Allen is a far from perfect quarterback, and I, he's not going to be perfect this weekend. I just don't think that you tr- – I think – here's the argument. There's a difference between being a Super Bowl contender and being a worse Super Bowl contender or not being a Super Bowl contender and being a Super Bowl contender but not as much as a team you have to face. I think that your argument where you're saying that the Bills aren't a playoff team because they're not making it past the Chiefs, which is a good argument. My thing is that it's not an argument between whether or not they're a contender or not. My argument is saying whether or not it's possible. I think that it's possible. I I don't think it's possible because we see it every week. The Bills fail to stack stack good performances. out of it, if you take the say they're playing the Steelers, or you want to what? No, I won't bring it to the. Don't bring up the Steelers because they, okay, well, they got they got embarrassed they, by the Steelers. Let's say they're playing. If they have a Mickey Mouse road to the Super Bowl, the who? The Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Bills beat Do the Bengals easily. Do you think it's easily. possible that the Bills beat the beat the Bengals? Any given Sunday, any team can beat whoever. I'm See, saying who you how how wages the gap is in your trust in the Bengals being the Bills. I mean, I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's a winner. I'm still taking the Bengals over the Bills. I would too. But it's but possible. How close it would be. Anything's possible. Of course, it's possible. 
Okay, but what I'm saying is, I sure, think it's that possible. you just don't trust the Bills enough to say that they're a Super Bowl contender because For all we know, that anybody is a Super Bowl contender at this point. The Niners are a Super Bowl contender. If you're here at this point in the season, you're contending for a Super Bowl. You just need See, to win. You need to win three games to win a Super Bowl. That's yes. all it takes right now. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And the thing is, if you are playing football in January, you're a Super Bowl contender. So, and here's, here's the, the thing, thing is, I just, I just think don't. Every just don't team that is left in every team in the divisional round could very easily. I see no team that is that. I see every team that's left. Could easily make the Super Bowl. I yeah, think easily. every team is like every single team that's in there. With these, could I just like easily the make least. it. Maybe not the Niners because I can't see, I can't see Aaron, I can't see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers losing to the Niners. But it's, it's possible. Very possible. It's very possible. I don't see Anything's it happening. Possible. Anything's possible. Well, just, just like the Bills and the Chiefs. Look, the thing is, whoever wins this game on Sunday, whoever wins this game on Sunday is making the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. this, this, yes. first of all. I am so pissed that this in back-to-back years is not a conference championship matchup because mm-hmm. I think it would it would be the highest rated one that we've seen in years. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of who wins in both division rounds of the AFC, it'll be a great matchup regardless. You have such the only quarterback in there that's not a young stud is Ryan Tannehill in the AFC that's left. Oh, and uh, if you're talking about young stud, Tom Brady. I'm talking about the AFC ah, specifically. In the AFC. Okay, got you, got you, dude, got you. we could get Oh, we yeah, could, it's young versus older. It pretty much is. You've got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on the other Matt side. Stafford. And Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo. You got all Jimmy Garoppolo guys. is a little bit up there because he I mean he wasn't he wasn't playing because everyone everyone forgets that he's a little bit older because he sat behind Brady right, for a It's while. old versus new. But dude, regardless of what happens, we could get Bur- we could get Burrow Allen or we could get Burrow Mahomes in an AFC championship because I'm gonna tell you right now, I think the Bengals beat the Titans. I think the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I think the Bengals do yes. the Titans. I have so much. I have the Bengals in the Super Bowl, dude. I hate the Bengals. I'm a Steelers fan, but I, but at this t- at the same time, I love this Bengals team. They're the mm-hmm. most fun team to watch, and I, I love Joe Burrow. I'm on the side with Grant. I don't think Joe Burrow loses until he runs into Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. But here's the that. thing, though. I, I think. Do you think that the Bills, Chiefs game is going to be close? Sure. Well, I mean, unless okay, unless, see, the, the thing thing is, is sixty to fifty five. I, I think it'll be close, okay. but I don't see. Obviously, it's possible. Anything's possible. But I don't see the Chiefs losing by more than a yeah. touchdown because I'm not convinced that, you know, we've, we've seen Patch, or I mean, sorry, excuse me, Josh Allen. We've seen Josh Allen put up one turnover free performance against the Patriots. But my thing with the Bills is they fail to stack perfect performances. And when you do that, you're not going to come out against the Chiefs, play so so, play meh, and you're not going to get by them. But because they don't. They don't I ask you how. We, they ask you how many. I it doesn't think, matter how you win. It matters how many wins you have. I think that it's for. I want to say for the record because I don't think I ever stated it that I think that the Chiefs are going to beat the Bills this Sunday, I or Saturday, whatever it is. It's Sunday. I I think that the Chiefs are going to win this game, but I think that we have a different view of what Super Bowl contender is because I think that if this game is going to be close. It's saying the hypothetical, if you gave me a bracket and I'm looking at it and you have the Bills beating the Chiefs by a close margin and then going to either the Titans or the Bengals and coming out, I would say the Bengals, obviously, because I have the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and come out and say that the Bills beat the Bengals by a close margin and then go to the Super Bowl, which makes you a Super Bowl contender if you're in the game. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't say that that's stupid. I would disagree, but I don't think that that's stupid. I think that we have a little bit of a tick in the difference between what we view what a Super Bowl contender is. Because I think that 
all the teams right now, except maybe the 49ers and the Titans, because I haven't seen enough from the Titans, because I don't know what Derrick Henry we're going to get. And I don't know if Ryan Tannehill can take it over if we don't get a good Derrick Henry. And I don't know what to make of the 49ers yet, because we haven't seen them healthy since they made the Super Bowl two years ago. I, 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 everyone else I can see is a Super Bowl contender, and if you told me that that was your pick to win the Super Bowl, I'd obviously disagree with you, but I can't sit here and say that I'm going to disagree, uh, like lynch you for it. I think that the difference is is you just trust the Chiefs way more than you, che- uh, you trust the Bills, so you're saying that they're not going to make the Super Bowl, i.e. they're not a contender. I say when if you tell me if the, that the Bills are going to make the Super Bowl, whether they win or not, I don't think that that's far out of the question. I just think it's not going to happen. That's where I sit. I don't know if that's where you sit. That's where I sit on what I've heard from your argument. See, yeah, like you said, I guess our, our definition of Super Bowl contender is different. Anybody, in my mind, if you're playing football at this point, you're a Super Bowl contender. We look back a week ago, I don't think the Eagles – or the Steelers stood a chance. I wouldn't have called them contenders in the first place. But Pretenders. if you're playing football right now and you've shown that you can at least win one playoff game, you're a contender. But my thing is, I don't see – I'm very, very low on the Bills. Of course I could see them making it to the Super Bowl because they only got to win this game and then the next game after. It's very possible. It's more than possible. But I, it's very unlikely in my mind that the Bills have the capability – to stack performances on top of each other where they play clean football just because they haven't shown it throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Chiefs, you know, they started off the season bad. But look at recently. Seven-game win streak. Mahomes has that magic back to him. The offense is playing creative and loose. Tyreek Hill is back. Dan- he's dancing with the cheerleaders on the sideline again. This team is playing loose football, and that's what it takes. They are a, they are a, a playoff team in its essence. They are what it takes to, to make it to a Super Bowl because – they have an identity, whereas the Bills, every week, you never know what you're going to get out of them. You don't know if you're going to see Josh Allen where he's playing that hesitant game and he's making these dumb throws, or if they're going to go out and Josh Allen's going to be you know, the one that we see against the Patriots where he comes out and he's running on third down, making plays on the run, and he looks like a top-five quarterback. You don't know what you're going to get, but I'll tell you what you're going to get out of the Chiefs. You're going to get a loose, fast-paced, creative offense that gets the ball distributed around to their playmakers – and sure, Mahomes might throw one pick. That's that's the highest that I'd give him because mm-hmm. he's going to make calculated risks and he's going to put his position in a he's going to put his team in a position to win and score points and put the pressure on the Bills. The pressure's on the Bills from the second that they yeah. step in Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. they the pressure is on so them on from them. the time that the mm-hmm. ball is kicked off. I don't care who gets ball first. The Bills are going to have to keep up and respond to what the Chiefs mm-hmm. do. And I'm not confident that they can play clean football. I'm going to say this. If we're going off of the way that each team has finished the season, your AFC championship match is the Bengals versus Chiefs. No question. Mm-hmm. If you're going off if you're going off of recency bias and the way that the other in the way that every team has played to finish the season, you would have Bengals Chiefs easily. There's no doubt in my mind. Those are the two. Those are the two of the best teams. To they have been two of the best teams to finish the season. Specifically, the Chiefs. Like Grant said, they're on the seven-game win streak. It's just any the second that that ball gets kicked off on Sunday, it is anyone's game, and there's equal playing ground on Sunday mm-hmm. for every matchup. But this is this matchup. It's su- there's such even ground. This game can go either way. Whoever wins is not winning by more than a touchdown, whether it be the Bills or yeah. the Chiefs. 
All right, we're going to have about 10 minutes. I'm going to send it to break just quick because I'm going to uh, just list out news about the NBA because I do want to get a little bit of the NBA in. Um, we're going to have about 10 minutes to say that. Don't go anywhere. We're going to send it to a really quick break. Keep listening. I just don't know what music I should be listening to. Well, you have to listen to. What movies have come out this week? I was trying to say you should. I just don't know what to think about entertainment. Nittany Record Club. What? The Nittany Record Club is every Thursday starting at 7.45 p.m. All things entertainment? All things entertainment. See you there. Hey, Dad, I'm really running low on some funds in my account, and I really think I need to get a job. We're in luck. Penn State Dining is already hiring students for all positions for the fall 2021 semester. Apply now and save yourself time later. Penn State Dining has great pay and flexible hours, so make sure to get your application in today. Go to foodservices.psu.edu today to take advantage of this amazing opportunity. That's foodservices.psu.edu. Welcome back to Phone Booth on Com Radio. Welcome back to Phone Booth on Com Radio. We're just going to go into a lightning round about the NBA. First off, the the first topic, we're going to have about 10 minutes or 9 minutes to say this, but I just want your your quick, you know, opinions on regular season basketball. First off, the the Los Angeles Lakers with their trade with Russell Westbrook hasn't been really fru- turning into a fruition of what they want it to be. And Frank Vogel pulled Russell Westbrook with about 354 left in the fourth quarter when they were down by six because they decided, or seven, because he decided that he was not part of the squad that was inducive to winning. What were your opinions on that? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I kind of have to agree with him. Russell Westbrook has not been playing great basketball at all. I think that we can all agree on that. I mean, he's just... This Lakers team is so dysfunctional. This is why I'm not a big NBA guy, mostly because of the effect of super teams. And I do actually get joy out of seeing a team that tried to be a super team have it completely blow up in their face. They have a losing record, and you expected this team to rival the Warriors from a couple years back. But no, Russell Westbrook is just—he is just not that guy at all. He's got—I mean, I—I I think it was the right decision. I would personally trade Russell Westbrook. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if they're going to be able to. Oh, I doubt they're going to be able to, but I think you need to look at options. Yeah. Like, he's I think not they good. were, but I don't think anyone's interested. Uh, see, for me, I, we just talked about this the other day with Russ and the possibility of taking him out late game. It's been talked about for the past few weeks, and you even heard LeBron and Carmelo chime in saying, you know, it's, it's not an offense to Russell Westbrook because – even Carmelo, he's it been taking out. Offense. Well, yeah, it is, but that's what these guys say. Of course, offense. Carmelo said he said that you know earlier in his career he'd been taken out in late game situations. He never took offense to it, and of course, that's what they say. But this is a direct shot at Russ. You're, mm-hmm. you're, but it's more. He on left the without Lakers. talking to the media. That's not it's, just something you do. It's more on the Lakers for me. You know, you go and you get a guy like Russell Westbrook, and you give up a ton of key pieces. This is your team now. 
this is who you've got. I say live and die by your decision because right now what you got going is not working, but whatever else that you're going to try, you know, by subbing in Malik Monk, I'm not convinced that's that's not going to work either. So if you get a guy by the name of Russell Westbrook, future Hall of Famer, live and die by that decision. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to die by it, sure, probably going to lose his job. But if I'm being honest, Frank Vogel is probably not going to be around much longer anyways. Yeah. So for me, I don't like the decision. I'd say if you're going to go and you're going to have a big-name guy like Russ, you're going to get him on the team because that's who you want. That's who you want to build your identity mm-hmm. around, that big three with AD, Russ, and LeBron. you got to live and die by that. you got to ride with that that three until you either lose your job or you trade them away and try to rebuild your identity in a hope that you can somehow get things together at the end of the season. Yeah, so the, I don't like it. Yeah, the trade deadline is also coming up. Another thing that's going to happen against the trade deadline are the Kings are actually looking to ponder the idea of acquiring both Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. They've sent them a few trade you know, propositions where they basically laughed in their face. Um, my question isn't about the Kings necessarily. Do you think that Ben Simmons is shipped off this year, or does he have to sit on the bench for the 76ers until the offseason? I think he gets shipped off this year. I don't like. I don't see why the 76ers would try and keep him for that long, and then you're basically just making his trade value worse and worse if you keep him on the bench. I think you get rid of him. The 76ers are doing fine without him. I mean, they've yeah. been doing. They're on. I think they've been. They recently went on. Well, my thing isn't whether or not they were going to do it. My thing is whether or not they're going to tr- find a trade that they're going to actually take. I. That's a tougher question because yeah. they're asking a lot. Mm-hmm. They're asking for a lot. And I don't and think he's worth it. He's not worth it. I get that yeah. he was one of the faces of your franchise, and you want to get as much as you can player. for him. He's basically unplayable on offense, though. He's unplayable right now, and he, I don't think he even wants to play basketball yeah. right now. I've seen nothing that suggests even when he gets traded that he's going to want to play for whatever team he goes to. And or I think, he's going to work on what he can't do, i.e. shooting. Yeah, no, I don't I don't yeah. see any I don't I just, I see no worth ethic or personal enjoyment in anything that Ben Simmons Ben Simmons does. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of general managers see that and they're like I don't want to risk sending all this young great talent for the possibility of getting a mediocre Ben Simmons that turns into a better Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. On a guy that's shown no work ethic. Like I don't know if you guys remember, but when he was coming into the league, when he got drafted, they were making fun of him because he was skipping G League games to go eat nachos and hot dogs mm-hmm. at the Lakers game. And he hardly went to class at LSU. I know. he He's a guy that shows very little work ethic, and I think he seems like a guy— I don't want to disrespect him, but he really seems like a guy that just goes off of the fact that I think and I know that I'm good enough when yeah. he clearly isn't. And whenever someone tells him he's wrong, i.e. the Sixers, he just he can't take no for an answer. Yeah, and that's my whole thing. You know, the Sixers, they keep coming out and saying, oh, we're not lowering our value price for for Ben Simmons. But you got to look at it from another perspective here. I don't know how dumb they could be. Who's going to want this guy? He's shown, you know, Zion Williamson, of course, he had his struggles with with certain aspects of a game. What did he go over and do over the offseason? He worked on it. Ben Simmons, same thing with his mid-range jumper, except he we haven't seen anything from him. We haven't seen any sort of improvement. So what what makes the 76ers think mm-hmm. that they're going to go and they're still going to get an an all-star caliber player, somebody that's already proven themselves in the league right now, for a guy who not only hasn't touched the court this year, but has shown that he might be a liability in the postseason or if you put him into a new environment, how's he going to react? So I think the Sixers should trade him now. Do I think they will? No, because they're going to continue to be stubborn. 
and they're not going to get a piece to the puzzle that really could push them into a top three seed in the East if they were to trade him now. But right now you're just letting him ride on the bench, and if we're being honest, his value is going down by the minute. I don't think anybody's going to get mm-hmm. desperate and want him because we're just getting— I don't want him now. We're just getting more removed from the last time that he's played basketball in a game, so it's going to take a while for him— to get back yeah. adjusted onto a court, you got to find a situation where he's going to be happy, like we said. But I'm just I'm not convinced that they're going to lower that asking price. They not still want all. an all-star player, mm-hmm. even though they should, because if they go out and they get another guy to put around Joel Embiid, they could go and they can be contenders for all I care. Yeah. And yeah, still, even though the way that Embiid is playing, I'd say they are you know definitely one of the more lethal teams in the East, even though they're the mm-hmm. fifth seed right now. I don't know. I I don't like the whole situation. Think they should trade him. I don't think they will. Yeah, that's that's my same that my same mantra. Yeah, I agree with you on the fact that they need to trade him now. I think that they absolutely need to lower the trading price. I think mm-hmm. that you could get. I think that you could get some really solid like mid tier pieces to fit around Joel Embiid because this is Joel Embiid's team now. Yeah. It's not Ben Simmons' team. It never really was. Mm-hmm. It was mostly jo- always Joel Embiid's team, except he always was getting injured. Yeah. And so my thing is is if you can go out and get mid-tier guys to fill out your bench or get a really good sixth man, mm-hmm. you can compete. You don't need another superstar to compete with Joel Embiid. We see what hap- what happens when you have a bunch of superstars on the same team. We just were talking about with the Lakers. They suck. All the personalities clash and all the play styles clash, and they don't have a good mesh. This team is playing with a good mesh right now. If you get guys that work, that fit your system and fit the mold – that are really good mid-tier pieces, and you can get maybe a second or a third-round pick along with that for Ben Simmons. I think you take that because eventually you're going to get nothing for him, and you're going to be kicking yourself. You're going to be kicking yourself in the face. Yeah, I think the other thing is, um, I don't. I, I'm on the same mantra. I don't think that they take him uh, and trade him. Also, I I do believe that the their quote-unquote trust the process would have worked if they took Jalen Brown, if they took. Kendrick Nunn, Buddy Heal, Jamal Murray, anyone that's on this. I mean, even Brandon Ingram, just Ben Simmons ruined it because he's virtually unplayable. Really quick, I just want to really quick because we do a re- really running out of time. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about is uh, many around the NBA, NBA believe that James Harden is open to leaving Brooklyn Nets this summer. And I was under the mantra, and I think – Grant was under the same mantra that at the beginning of the season we said that neither the Nets nor the Lakers are going to make the finals. And with, you know, Harden says he wants to leave and the whole thing with Kyrie, do you think that the the Nets are going to blow it up in the offseason? Really quick. I don't know about blowing it up, but I agree with you on the fact that they won't make the finals. I don't know about – I mean – they might end up having to blow it up. I, I can't see Ky- – Kyrie is not playable with his whole – just with the entire situation regarding him. If Harden wants to leave, we saw what happened in Houston when he wanted to leave. He stopped playing well too. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very high possibility that it gets blown up. And after that, I don't really know what you've got on this Knicks team. They really don't have a whole lot of young guys to piece around anymore. So yeah, right. I, I was confused why they ended up getting Kyrie, Harden, and KD all on the same team. I mean, not saying that it can't work out, and I think they are working things out with Kyrie, obviously, but KD, the way that he's playing, it, this is midseason speculation to begin with. This is NBA midseason speculation at its finest because people need something to talk about. If we're being honest, 
there's not a lot of people that are going in and watching NBA regular season games every single night now at this point, just because the way that the la- that the league is has turned or it's changed. You know, there's constant movement with these players, constant speculation that these guys want to be here or there or whatnot. A lot of moving factors. Whereas back in the old day, you see guys guys like Larry Bird and all of them, these centerpieces of their franchises. They were loyal to him, and they didn't want to move. They didn't want to make a change. They wanted to stay with that team and try to win a championship with them. But now, with all the movement, of course, you're going to have some speculation. Whether James Harden leaves or not, I don't think it's going to make a difference in the way that this team is constructed because right now, Kevin Durant, he's he's playing out of his mind. He's playing yeah, like an MVP. Obviously. Yeah, MVP caliber player. So mm-hmm. it's all speculation whether they blow it up or not. I do think KD is staying, and you can construct yeah. any team around Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So. That's what matters to me. Yeah, I'm under the same mantra. Well, unfortunately, we have run out of time, uh, obviously a little bit over because uh, we're supposed to only have an hour, but we say F the rules. Um, we're going we're gonna to shift it off to Gridiron Girls, who are always after us, the uh, NFL uh, female com radio show um, for Grant Sheets and our guest, uh, Josh Bartizik. Uh Just a few states because i'm probably going to have you on the show a lot that's that perfectly was, fine with me we, fun as hell. if the goal was to give me a headache we succeeded yeah so that that was the goal and i think this is the first time uh since we had rob cardini on the show and he was rob. talking about the steelers for a half hour that we consistently got a headache and that is the goal so uh we actually you know made a made our goal this week uh, thank you guys for watching. Again, if you're watching either uh, live on Com Radio Airways, 2.45 or 2.30, whenever, till whenever we end. It's supposed to be 3.45. Um, or if you're listening on, you know, Spotify, uh, iPodcast, iHeartRadio, or whatever medium that you're listening on, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back every week. Thank you so much.